Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. As the internet has evolved, the way businesses connect with online users has evolved too. Many companies have been able to take advantage of the zero moment of truth, most commonly referred to as ZMOT. If this is your first time hearing this concept, stop and tune into episode 31, where we cover ZMOT with Kevin Hartman of Google. If you know what ZMOT is, keep on listening. On this episode of Growth Hack, we bring on Joe Polizzi to talk content marketing and how to take advantage of the best moments of influence on the consumer journey. Joe is an Amazon best-selling author of Content Inc., Kelling Marketing and Epic Content Marketing, which was named Must Read Business Book by Fortune Magazine. He has founded four companies, including content creation news sites like The Tilt, as well as Content Marketing Institute. In 2014, he received the Lifetime Achievement Work by the Content Council. His podcast series, The Old Marketing with Robert Rose, had millions of downloads with over 150 countries. His foundation, the Orange Effect delivers speech therapy and technology services to its children in over 35 states. It's safe to say that Joe is not only an expert when it comes to content marketing, but a great human. Welcome, Joe. It's great to be here. Thanks. Very excited to talk about content marketing, one of my most favorite topics. On this show, we get straight to the point. So what are the differences between content marketing and marketing content? Well, first of all, just take content. Everything is content. And if you are a marketer and you are creating marketing content, you're trying to talk about your product and service in some way. You're trying to get the word out about what you sell. If you talk about content marketing, this is a philosophy. This is a way to go to business. We're trying to figure out how we can target an audience, create valuable, relevant, compelling information on an ongoing basis. Once we build that audience, they know, like, and trust us, and they'll end up buying more. We're trying to, of course, this is marketing. We're trying to change behavior in some way. So I believe it's the absolute best way to go to market with any types of business. And if you are actually launching a business, I think the best way to do it is by building an audience first and a product second. It's really interesting. A lot of people think they're doing content marketing, but the reality is it's just marketing promotion, promoting their own products. So we see a lot of marketing content out there that, that's, that's trying to be sold to us as content marketing, but, but it just really isn't. So... I've heard some interesting stories about your background and sort of what content marketing has done for you as a business, for you as a person. Can you give us some um, some of your value? What what have you been able to realize in your business in your career through content marketing? Well, I mean every everything that we've been able to build as a family and as the business came from content marketing. I, mean, I started in the industry over twenty years ago. It was called custom publishing. It was came out of the magazine industry where people did custom magazines like your airline magazines or a magazine from Walmart. And then once digital came around, you know, in 2002, three, four, I saw a, what was happening at Google and then Facebook and Twitter. And I'm like, oh my God, all these companies are going to have to be found. How are you found on the web? These Well, you're going to have to tell compelling stories on a consistent basis to be found. And nobody was doing it right. We were going into all these large companies and they had mounds and mounds of content. They were creating content, blogs, email newsletters on all these different platforms. And they were trying to figure out social. And most of it was about them 
And most of the missions were about what they wanted to sell, what we could extract from an audience. And what we're starting to see and kind of what, what we've been doing and I've been doing personally, I love the mission. What can we do to change people's lives in a more positive way, help them get a better job? Whatever the case is, we can do that through the ideas of content marketing. And that's why I just think it's the, the best way to market. Of course, we use content marketing to build our own business and had a very successful exit in 2016. And I've pretty much dedicated my life to helping people think not about interrupting, but about adding value. And if you add enough value to somebody's life, they're going to buy stuff from you. You know, you mentioned interrupting, and, and I think this is going to be an incredible, important distinction between content marketing and marketing content. Um, what, what, why do you think content marketing isn't an interruption, whereas marketing content is? If you are going to go with this philosophy of content marketing, you have to deliver so much incredible value so that people subscribe to you ongoing. So, okay, we were talking before the show about email. Well, how many horrible spammy emails do you get? But you get one or two that you don't click the delete button or you don't say is spam. These are the ones that help you live a better life, get a, get a better job, change your world in some way. So they're delivering so much amazing value. And I have about four or five that I read on a regular basis. Well, what's happened? I'm so loyal to those brands. If they come out with a new product or service, I'm the first one to try that. If they come out with some kind of new initiative or they want me to join their Discord, I'm there because I've trusted them. They've made my life better. That How do you not want to market that way? Now, the downside is it takes time. I mean, if you, if most, let's say an enterprise actually does get it right. They have a good content marketing mission. They're doing something consistently. Well, if they're talking about themselves as they make one slip up or they don't go, you know, six, nine, 12 months, 15 months, if they think about it as a campaign, they're going to fail. So most of these enterprises are out there thinking in these short budgetary cycles of, oh my God, we've got to get something in this nine to 12 months and we've got to sell more products and services. Well, if you're under that mindset, don't do content marketing, go advertise, you know, that stuff can still work, but if you want to build an asset over the long term, this is a marathon and not a sprint. So you've got to present it that way. Brings up a good question. How, what kind of time dedication and how long should you give this before you say this was either a win or a failure? We just did some research at the Tilt and we talked to 1,400 content entrepreneurs and they said, how long from start to first dollar? It's nine months. So if you're a marketing person trying content marketing or you're starting a business, you're like, oh my God, nine months. And why is that? It takes time to build a loyal audience. This is not something that you can throw out. I mean, look at a show like Ted Lasso or look at Game of Thrones. These things over many years, many episodes consistently over a long period of time. We can't say, oh, we're going to start this YouTube series and I'm going to send out a video this week and maybe two the next and then I'm going to skip one and then another one. And if I do that for you know six months, I should have an audience and I should be able to change somebody's behavior in that time. No, you won't. You know, it rarely, rarely ever happens unless you're throwing a billion dollars at it. So generally it takes between nine and 18 months to really build a loyal audience. Uh, it takes, you know, let's say if you were starting this as a business, I would say prepare for 22 to 26 months. For Content Marketing Institute, when we started it, it took 22 months of us doing a blog and email newsletter to build a minimum viable audience. And once we did that, then we really started to drive revenue. And we went from 50,000 in revenue to 10 
million dollars in revenue in a three, four time, uh, three or four year time period, but we had to do the three years upfront first. A lot of corporate marketers don't get that. They don't know that, hey, there's a land grab for audiences right now. This is really important that we get this right and build a relationship with our customers. They're too short-term mindset. So we've got to get past this. This is something different. This is not marketing as usual. So we'll go into the psychology maybe on another episode as to why marketing departments are so short-term minded. But for, for this one, I think people are ready to hear about your content marketing steps. And uh, from my research and, and from listening to you, you've got seven. Now, the first few are kind of the ones that you need to focus on when you're starting out. And then sort of some of the later ones are as you scale. So for this episode, I want to stick to the ones about getting going and getting started. So let's start with high level. What are the first four steps? And then I'm going to ask you questions and diving into the other. Sure. Yeah. I mean, from our research and from looking at hundreds of successful content case studies, we know that there's seven steps to making this work. Uh, the first, and we talk about them in the content ink book, but the first four steps is sweet spot and content tilt are the first two. And we probably can spend some time on those in a second. That's all strategy. And then we get to building the base. That's where you start creating content. And then we're really into audience building. Those are the first four steps. And that's really where the time period we just talked about between that 12 and 18 month period. Let's dive into the sweet spot. Tell us more about that. So the sweet spot is where everyone wants to start before you do any kind of content creation. We don't want to jump into it. We want to first say, okay, what's the one side of the sweet spot? That is our expertise area. What are we good at? What is our knowledge or skill level? So if you're an independent content entrepreneur, you're going to write, you know, list down all the things that we're really good at. If you um, are in a company that has lots, lots of wonderful electronic engineers, you're going to talk about all the things you bring to the table that are unique. And so that's the one side, your expertise. And on the other side, what is your audience's desire? So you have to think of a specific audience you're trying to target and what's their pain points? What keeps them up at night? And the intersection of those two build the sweet spot. The problem is that's where most people stop. They think, oh, that's good enough. And we can go ahead and start our blog or email newsletter or YouTube series or Twitch channel or whatever. It's not good enough. We have to take the extra step and we have to do something called the content tilt. And the content tilt is finding that area of differentiation where there's little to no competition, where we can actually break through all the clutter. So that means we probably have to take our audience and niche it down just a little bit more so that we can really be the leading expert to that particular audience in this category. Maybe that's looking at uh, going on to a Twitch or a TikTok where a lot of people aren't talking about this concept yet. Uh, maybe it's focusing on a particular area of the country and not just all titles. So there's different ways that we can look and say, well, uh, you know, maybe we need to talk about this in a different way. We try to do that at Content Marketing Institute with content marketing. I mean, you're, you and I are talking about it like it's a thing, like it's been around forever. It's only been around for 14 years. The practice has been around for hundreds of years, but we just started calling it content marketing. Why is that? We, we just presented it as a different category. And we said, if this is to marketers, we have to call it something different. So maybe if you're getting into a content area, you might say, hey, let's create a category. If we put enough energy and emotion and a mission behind talking about something this way to this group of people, we can change the whole dialogue with how people discuss what we're trying to do. And that can lead to a loyal relationship with a lot of people. You know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about uh, the different channels and we always start off with audience, right? That that's the most important thing. Cause that's where you start off for, with anything. Mm -hmm. What, 
we haven't talked that much about is being different on these platforms. Um, we mentioned it. Uh, John Lee Dumas uh, mentioned it in one of his podcast uh, episode that we had together, where he says you gotta you gotta have a different solution. You gotta have a very unique solution. You gotta have the best. The way John says it, you have to have the best solution to a real problem. And so I think that's a version of of being different, right? And so so I want to hyper focus in here on on the difference. So I think at this point most people should understand if you're going to start something you should have an audience in mind. So that that should be obvious if you're mm-hmm. listening to episode 37 of my Growth Hack podcast here. So let's go into what how when you are in a busy uh noisy industry where there's a lot going on in that space. What are some methods that you've seen successful to be a differentiator? I think the most important thing, and it's never done on the corporate marketing side, is talking to your audience, talking to your subscribers, talking to your future customers. Do that through social media. Instead of using social media to talk all the time, use it as a listening post. Really figure out what are those pain points. Go out and do surveys. Message them, whatever you can. Set up that listening post process so that you can get that information. From that, a really good exercise is if you don't have one, creating what we call a content mission statement. I think that solidifies what you're trying to do. So a content mission statement is what we're going to do is say, who's that target audience? What are we trying to deliver to that audience? And then what is the outcome for the audience? So you might say, okay, uh, we are uh, we are creating information for content entrepreneurs to grow successful businesses. We're going to do that through a two times a week newsletter. And if we do that properly, they can be financially free. That's just a very short mission statement. That's the mission statement for our company, The Tilt. You need to do something like that. And then you use that as a litmus test for everything you do. So if you say, okay, we're going to follow this mission on YouTube, you want to make sure that the entire editorial and production team knows what that mission statement is and says, okay, that's our mission. That's what we can do better than anyone else. And that's what we're going to take in. And what's the topic of the show? Do we follow that mission? And I cannot tell you how many times I've been in uh, content meetings where that has helped bail somebody out because you'll get the CEO or the CMO coming in and say, let's do this story on this customer. And you're like, Okay, a blog post on this customer, whatever. And then the team goes through and says, no, that doesn't match the mission. This is not going to help our audience in this way. We've got to be better than this. And that's where it always breaks down. So I would say listening post, number one, really understand the pain points of your audience. And two, do the work, create a content mission statement, and then use that mission statement in every marketing meeting you have. Go through that and say, this is our mission. Is this correct? Okay, let's look at our content and our editorial calendar. Does all this fit? And then every piece of content you create should have an audience outcome. What is it trying to do specifically to help that person? Not for you to sell more products and services, but help them with their lives or with their jobs or do something specific in some way. We're always trying to extract and we have to give, give, give. And if we do that properly, we will get back. So we talk always about surveying our audience and and this doesn't this is not just for content marketing this is like if you're starting a YouTube channel or like what's your social media should look like what 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 are these different channels what should you post on these different channels what have you seen successful questions you should be asking your audience in these surveys Well your job as a content marketer is to understand your audience better than anyone else so Where I see a lot of marketers fall down, especially on the social media side, it's basically by posting, it's posting too much and not responding enough. 
Like, are you really looking at like you, if you've got a group of people that you're following that are hopefully your customers, your audience, are you really listening to what they're saying? Are you listening to what they're sharing? I mean, that's why you have um, groups like discord groups that are really starting to take off because they're basically for super fans. So if you, let's say you create an email newsletter and that's sort of your, where you're building the base, where do the super fans go where you can really build a community? So like ours is on discord. That's where you really learn their needs. They will absolutely tell you what's going on in their lives. What are they sharing? What are they dealing with? Then they start talking to each other. And you know what? When you build a community like that, you just kind of sit back. And I think too many content marketers are focused on, we got to publish, 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 publish. And they're not taking in all that information, all that data. And they're, they're iterating their content because of it. I mean, if it wasn't for our Discord channel, we wouldn't have half the pieces of content we create because they're specifically in response to the pain points that we're listening to on Discord. So if you don't have a Discord, that's fine. Use Twitter, use LinkedIn, use a Facebook group, wherever your customers are at. I would rather you use them as ways to get information. You can you learn more about that audience instead of, oh, I got to be on Facebook. I got to post something today. We do way too much of that on the social side. I'd rather you be... If you're going to post somewhere, be great at it, be excellent, or don't do it at all and use it as a listening post. I'm not a fan of new emails uh, arriving to my inbox. Uh, my inbox is already busy enough, but you had mentioned to me in the pre-show about uh, a newsletter that you've got that, that is very interesting. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, you know, after Content Marketing Institute and my wife and I own that, we, we sold, I'm still involved in it, but you know, we, we had a successful exit and I, with all the pandemic stuff going around, I'm like, where can I make it a difference? And we decided to start a company called The Tilt. And we focused on a two time a week email newsletter to help content creators become content entrepreneurs. And you're going to say, well, why email? Well, I love email and I love the email channel because it's something that we have the most control over versus starting something on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch, where we have no control. Like if I'm on Twitter right now, I might do something today and Twitter can banish me from the platform forever. Done. Even though I might have 200,000 followers there. If I do something on YouTube and something somebody subscribes to my feed, does that mean that that subscriber is going to see that? No, not necessarily. YouTube can do whatever they want. They could show whatever ads they want. They have all the control. So I'm like, if we're going to start something, we're going to do it the right way. And we're going to start an email newsletter that people are going to opt into. We're going to get permission and we're going to build a relationship that way. Now, you're probably thinking, well, your audience isn't there. You have to do a lot of work to get that audience to subscribe. Absolutely. But I'd rather do that first and build that first instead of building a million followers on Instagram and then saying, oh, my God, I've, I've got a million followers on rented land. What do I do with all that? What if uh, Instagram shuts me down tomorrow? What's, what if Facebook goes out of business because of governmental concerns or whatever? Now I'm stuck. Well, in that case, we don't want to be. And so that's why I went email. And it, it's amazing to the point I talked about before. If you are one of those email newsletters that is amazing and really makes a difference, they will open it. And because we're, we're seeing 40, 45% open rates on our email newsletter, which we'd like to be better. But if right now we've got half the people opening that email newsletter. So I think we're delivering some value, especially against all the horrible emails out there. It's really easy, honestly, to be great in email because most emails I see are absolutely horrible talking about their products and services, pitch emails. So let's just be better than the rest. So that's why we decided to go email. And how would someone get access to this? 
yeah, go go to thetilt.com. Just subscribe. So if you want to know about content creation and how to be, you know, a better content creator and use it in, as part of your either your corporate business or as a content entrepreneur, thetilt.com. We don't sell any of your emails. All we do is deliver two emails a week. And if you don't like it, you can always unsubscribe. All right, Joe. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Maybe next time we'll have you talk about the other steps in the content funnel. Looking forward to it.